The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Okay, so I figured out what threw me off last week. When I did my notes for our Are You Serious segment, I skipped week 11 somehow. So this actually is week 14, 15. God dang it, I screwed it up already. Oh, well. Screw it. Roll with it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, as we are live to tape on the W2M Network with the kickoff. Week 15. Yes, 15. Not 14, Harry. 15! 15, Harry! I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the Dallas Day One co-host, turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. At least we're doing this on the right day of the week this week. Shh, don't jinx it. <laughs> Stuff could still happen. The executive producer, turned co-host, Eric Watkins. At least I have shenanigans to look forward to, and I'm not going to be a salty tonight, for once. Hey, you guys- you actually have a winnable football game on Sunday, too. We'll talk that, about that when we pour one out for the homers. Don't bet on it. Seriously, don't go to my bookie and bet on it. No. <laughs> More plugs for them later, I'm sure. And the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. Harry has a corn cob butt plug. We start the show as we normally do with studs and duds. That's right, Mo Fudger, no sell. <laughs> Eric? I, I get to make my Christmas reference later. Oh. Is it a cool combat plug for Harry? No. <laughs> you can never have too many of those, so I mean, it's a nice stocking stuffer. Family show. <laughs> okay. Everybody in the family gets a corn cob butt plug. <laughs> not a Frosty the Snowman. Okay, I walked right into that one. Eric Stud, let's get this back on track, shall we? Uh, uh, okay, for my stud, I am picking as Chiseled Adonis, who I've come to appreciate his style of humor, would call him. Kenyon, I watched Degrassi so I can witness the murder of Drake. He had a great overall performance against the Patriots down in Miami, but uh, I don't know. Was I missing something? Was there some sort of special highlight I don't know about? You know? Yeah. I feel like there's something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't feel like there was anything extra special about that game. So, that never... Hold that thought. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Brandon stud. Segway. So, so this uh, kind of breaks our rule a little bit, but you, you two can uh, blather on about all the other uh, failings for the Jags later. Um... I'm going to talk about the star of the game, Derrick Henry. 238 yards, four touchdowns. One of you said it in the group chat, but I forget exactly how many. How many fantasy points did he have this week? Like 50? (laughs) 2,116,207.3. Something like that. Or if you use the PPR. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, I didn't even... I didn't even... 
What? It was Eric. It was Eric who brought it up, and in, in, in a PPR Yahoo league, Eric Henry's final statistical total was something like sixty-one points. Yes. Yeah. yeah th- those two hundred thirty-eight yards and four touchdowns I mentioned—that's just in the rushing game. That's not even talking about his receiving yardage. So yeah, um, absolute oh, beast yeah. mode. I'll point out that we kind of touched on this game last week just due to the fact that we recorded on Friday. But technically speaking, it is within the scope of the last week of football. Mm. So I will allow Derrick Henry as your stud for the week. Jason? Not to mention there were no receiving yards because the Titans only had 255 yards of offense. 238 of them by Derrick Henry, apparently. Yes. Painfully so. Yes. Jason Stud. My stud is a wide receiver who plays the Indianapolis Colts, who is friends with Pat McAfee, the former Mountaineer. His name is T.Y. Hilton, who went off for 199 yards. You couldn't get one more yards, T.Y., you fucking lazy fuck. <laughs> hey. And he, he went off for just nine receptions for 199 yards. And he led the Colts to a win over a very, very nice and very hot Houston Texans team. They just the had problem, for T.Y. The problem for Indianapolis is they're in a dogfight for that sixth spot in the AFC. They work longer. They, Miami, Tennessee, and I forget who the fourth team is, Baltimore, I believe, are all tied at seven and six. Aren't they also at the same time in a dogfight for the AFC South? Uh, they two, are. They're, they're two games behind Houston with three to play. I don't see oh, that yeah. happening. Yeah. Mm, don't be too sure. Don't, do they still play? I'm pretty sure they, they play, play each other twice still. Well, they just beat them last Oh, week. wait. Right. They beat. Okay. But they play them again, I think, week 17. I mean, theoretically, it could come down to that game on Week 17 in order to decide the AFC South. But if... Uh, Colts play the Titans Week 17. Oh, okay. Either way, though, um, all Houston has to do is win one more game and they clinch the division. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this was still a hell of a bounce back for T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck coming off of being shut out for the first time in his career. You know, the funny thing about T.Y. Hilton is, to me, though, is that he's one of those guys that gets so slept on in fantasy football, mm-hmm. too. Like, nobody ever expects him to put up the numbers that he does, and then he goes out, and like and like Jason just said, he drops almost 200 yards mm-hmm. on nine catches and two touchdowns against what was, at that time, the hottest team in the AFC in the Houston Texans. I've had it from personal experience. I've had him on my team for a couple of years in different leagues, and he's always been a good, good uh, receiver. Yeah. If I can find him, like, third, fourth, fifth round, I always try to get Hilton. Oh, yeah. All right. My stud for the week is not so much a game. It's not or well, not so much a scoreline. It's not so much a player in particular. It's not even so much a team. Uh, we talked about the Army-Navy game last week here on the show. My stud for the week are the men that make up Army and Navy. Uh, the game actually probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations just due to the fact that, well, 
Navy's kind of sucked this year. Let's call it what it is. They were three and nine into this game. Army was nine and two and ranked for the first time, I think, in like 20 years, I want to say, like back to the late 90s was the last time they were. Yeah, they they were ranked for the first time since 96. They will finish ranked for the first time since 96. Not necessarily, because they could get knocked out in the final poll by uh, if they lose to Louisiana Tech. Is it Louis- it's Louisiana Tech in the Armed Forces Bowl, correct? I believe yes. so. Yeah, so technically speaking, they could still end up out of the uh, they could still end up out of the top final top twenty five, but they will finish the regular season in the final top twenty five plus a ten win season, which Army hasn't done in probably since that ninety six season, I would assume. Mm hmm. Mm. So things are definitely turning around at the military academies. All right, Eric, let's flip Yeah, this. you might say they're taking it up on about face. <laughs> Good one. Well played, Jason. Eric, other side of the coin, dud. Well, it's something even worse than a certain coin flip at the beginning of that Army-Navy game. You're on the field. You're out there trying to help your team, trying to stop the schneid. You've got to kick to force overtime. Everything is all set. The snap, great. The hold, great. You step up and whoosh. Classic Charlie Brown style. I get that there are different cleats. I get that O.Doc Co. is a piece of crap, and that's why the Raiders are leaving, even though more developments on that, thanks to the city of Oakland. But Chris Boswell, you have one job. One job. That's all you have to do. You can't do that in that situation. Even with everything else, you're still my dud. I'm sorry. I take it to you listen to Pat McAfee today, huh? I have not listened to today. I haven't listened to today's episode. Listen to yesterday's episode where they did mention it. Yeah, it was yes. Was it was the eleventh? What is today? I don't even know what today is. Yes, today's the twelfth. They go Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, it was yesterday's. I listened to it today and. It, it it was. I have to agree. I think he went out there with something to prove, and he had all intentions of kicking the piss out of the ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when he planted, he he planted too hard, mm-hmm. and then he planted, and then he planted his ass on the ground. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely definitely a bad moment for the brand. I gotta say, I'm disappointed that that was uh, one of the few Steelers games that I did not get here. Because that would have been a hilarious moment I'm, to see. I'm just curious how the hell it ended up on Fox. Because it was you, uh, like I think it was a flex. To swap games at different points during the season to keep more of a balance. Mm-hmm. Well, not to mention Fox. Fox lost one of their games as well because they they swapped out for the Sunday night game into the Los Angeles Rams and Chicago Bears game. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking a little bit more about that Rams-Bears game here shortly. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic reverb. Brandon Dud. My dud for this week are the Denver Broncos losing to the San Francisco 49ers. 
yes, the Broncos are kind of in a mediocre season, being around 500. But still, the 49ers have been struggling all season long. And you lose to them, and not just lose to them, lose to them decently bad. I mean, six points. But at the same time, though, this is a San Francisco team that is tied for the worst record in football with exactly. Arizona. Hold, hold up, hold up. I'm, I'm going to interject. You two ass munchkins do not ruin the good name of George Kittle, who had an amazing Kittle, game. Yeah, and Kittle went the, off in the first half. The problem is, is he uh, disappeared in the second. Hey, uh, only thing you got to do, yeah. He led. He strapped in. He rocket strapped into their back. His back led them to the promised land. Got that W. And to be fair, even Kyle Shanahan said he should have gotten him the ball in the second half. What was it? Two hundred and fifteen yards in the first half. Four short of a. Yeah, he, he had two hundred ten total with a touchdown of eighty five yards. I will point out, I believe, I, I saw it pointed out somewhere, I want to say it was on ESPN, that the tight end record for a single game is like 214. Nope, the, it was 210. The tight end record for a single game was 215 by Shannon Sharp. Okay, so I had those two numbers confused. All right. I knew, I knew it was something along those lines. And he, all, and he was targeted nine times, caught seven balls. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Seven for 210. Let that sink in. Yeah. With 30 Nick yards Mullins. to catch. I mean, my math with, isn't necessarily the greatest. I'm no Eric when it comes to math, but even I can do that division. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to let you. Who was throwing in the ball, Eric? And if you screw this name up. Who threw Kittle the ball? Big Dick Nick Mullins. There you go. <laughs> Christmas trees. Oh, hey, that that triggers me. I I am I am against forestry. God, <laughs> right now your commentary on this show, but let's try to fix. It. Whatever, I bring I bring my A game to every show. Win, sleep, or draw. My dad is um is is. You bastard. I'll get you to break one way or another, sir. My dad is um, the the NFC West champs who uh, went to Chicago and looked like monkeys fucking footballs. Um, such a high-powered offense. And I'm pretty sure that we all discussed in the chat, if it wasn't in the kickoff chat, it was in the sports chat, and maybe had that homer... Kansas City homer in there chiming in, chirping up to say something. Um, that we talked about, somebody brought up that golf doesn't do good in cold weather. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. proved it. That was me. Um, and the Cowboys can kiss my ass because that Rams result meant that I was well set for a couple of parlays to hit. But with those Chicago, granted, Chicago's got a great defense. No, there's no doubt about it. Chicago has a. They're returning the monsters of Midway. I will take nothing away from Chicago. But if anybody needs some Ambien, 
you should have watched this game because it will put you to sleep real fast. Man, you take one. You take the great, great offense that the Rams are, and Chicago figured out how to stifle them. Held Gurley for like twenty-three yards. Golf threw four picks. I think Golf's QB rating for the night was nineteen. I mean, I really thought he was, I thought he was a damn Buffalo Bill for a while. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I because I have him on one of my fantasy teams. I think he was in the negatives. That's how bad his game was. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Nate Peterman would have had has had have <laughs> this bad. I I talk crap, but now the Giants have more wins than Buffalo does. So <laughs> Best team in the state again. <laughs> and, and hey, the Giants actually have a chance of making the playoffs still. <laughs> Not saying a lot. You, 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 don't, you don't put that bad juju out there. We're, we still got hope. Don't be jinxing us. Hey, we'll Eric, talk about that a little bit later. Where, where did you play those parlays at? Mybookie.ag. Again, for a limited time. Use promo code PAT. Get 50% bonus on your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid. It's just that simple. I swear to God, we better start seeing some advertising revenue coming. <laughs> yeah, really. I tweet Pat McAfee just about every day and tell him that we shill for him on our show. And I'm trying, and I'm begging for him to come on just to do just to do a spot that just to do his his uh, promo code for for our show. <laughs> All right, let's move on real quick here because we do have a bunch of other stuff to get to still. Let's talk about my dud for the week. And the reason I picked my dud was so that Brandon couldn't. <laughs> How dare you? We, we have a phrase on this show, hashtag Brandon gonna Brandon. Well, in this instance, Harry gonna Brandon because I stole his pick. My dud for the week are the Carolina Panthers who have managed to hand Cleveland a fifth win over the weekend and in the same process, have managed to completely fall out of the the NFC playoff picture and lose five Even, straight, I believe. Uh, I think yes, five, yeah, because at one point they were like, no, I think it's four actually, because at one point they it's were at no, least five, four. it is five, yeah, it is five, because they were six and two, and now they're six and seven. Mm-hmm. Wow, they really freaking suck. <laughs> No, I mean I've been set, I've been putting them as my get it together for like the last four weeks, so I would know. And you know what's really scary? Thanks to that win, if things go well, the Browns could actually finish with a winning season. Wait, I can I can make that thought even scarier for you. You ready, Eric? Yes. It is week fifteen coming up. And the Browns are not mathematically eliminated from the postseason picture yet. Oh, well, that's happened before, even to the point to where there was a 40 different case scenario to where all of those things had to happen and the Browns can make it at six and ten. This is just slightly more realistically scary. I mean, I seem to remember quite a bit of those scenarios had to happen last year for Buffalo to sneak in. And well, let's go Buffalo, I suppose. You're far um, from that at this point this year. Oh, no, we're mathematically <laughs> eliminated. We were officially eliminated once the Jets beat us. <laughs> we're out. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, back to the Carolina thing here. They go into Cleveland, and the mistake on the lake hangs a 26-20 victory over the Carolina Panthers here. Christian McAfee sets the tone early for Carolina, and the Panthers jump out to a very quick 7-0 lead, and then a 14-7 lead, and then proceed to get it outscored 19-6 for the rest of the game, as run CMC does not find the end zone again, and the Browns move to 5-7-1, dropping Carolina to 6-7. Carolina had, I mean, New Orleans had basically already clinched the division. At this point, Carolina will be lucky not to fall out of the two spot to Tampa Bay if they continue playing this way. And what looked like, you know, especially last year, but even this year, you know, it looked like the NFC South was assured of getting two teams into the playoffs. Now it, it, it's last year. Yeah, exactly. Last year they had three. And this year, it looks like they may just get one. Oh, I don't think there's any question that they're only going to get one. Then again, the sixth seed in the NFC is just as much of a clusterfuck as it is in yeah. the AFC. Giants are going to win the sixth seed. That officially wraps up studs and duds. We move on into so that happened. Jason, if only because it makes me smile so much that we're going to talk about what we're about to talk about. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay, well, Eric talked about Drake having Say a wonderful what? day. Having a wonderful day. There was a reason for Drake having a wonderful day. <laughs> and that reason was Ryan Tannehill handed Tom Brady his ass. He made a fool of Rob Gronkowski. And the Miami Dolphins proved to be the Bermuda Triangle for New England Patriots. As the miracle in Miami did happen. With no time left on the clock, the hook and ladder from Varsity Blues Glory came into play. Tannehill completes a pass. It gets lateraled to Drake. Drake then proceeds to make Rob Gronkowski look his bitch because, obviously, <clears throat> when you're that big, you don't know how to tackle or just just lay on somebody and runs it to a 60... It ends up being a 69-yard touchdown nice. to give, give the Miami Dolphins a win over TB12. Okay. Yes. Tannehill made Brady his bitch. Okay, three things to say to that. One, first of all, to 69. All right. <laughs> Two. Uh, it was actually a backwards lateral first to another wide receiver and then to Kenyon Drake. So yeah, it was a it double lateral. To... Uh, I, I thought there was only one. Oh, no. It, the there initial pass went to Stills. Stills lateraled it to Parker, who went five yards. Then he lateraled it to Drake, who ran the final 51 yards, including the stomp on Gronkowski. So wait a minute. You're telling me it went Ryan Tannehill to Kenny Stills to Devontae Parker to Kenyon Drake? Yes. yes. That is a lot of moving parts. <laughs> Third. That, that, third. Sounds like, that sounds like one of those... Um, 
uh, pickle plays in baseball when you have to write down six four three four three one two. <laughs> Third and just as importantly to me in this instance here in regards to this year, Eric, you're a longtime college football fan, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing missing from this play was one of the announcers shouting, and the band is on the field! <laughs> it would have been even funnier had any of those guys played rugby, because that actually factors into the story of that play. Uh, Jason, I believe, we, I believe we discussed a big fact from this game as well in the group chat. Do you remember what it was? Uh, oh, the fact that Tom Brady officially goes over 1,000 yards? Or that he breaks the touchdown record. Neither. Eric, do you remember the fact that we had about this game in the group chat? The fact that, as Jason alluded to, Brady's lost five of his last six games in Miami? Well, no, the curse of Miami is real, but that isn't what I'm referring to. It's actually specifically relevant to the play itself in question. The fact that I was going to bring up that I, I one of you brought up in the group chat originally, and then I was reminded of and apparently forgotten again. This is the longest winning from scrimmage get play in NFL history. Yes, the longest play winning play from scrimmage with no time left on the clock. <clears throat> Although there are those that would say the original miracle in the Meadowlands in the 78. They would kind of disagree with you. So uh, there, there's been a bit of ongoing research about that. All right. I got a question. Bigger play. The Music City Miracle or the Miracle oh, of Miami? We don't, we don't talk about the Music City Miracle. Screw <laughs> you so much. Oh, 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 you're getting replaced next season. All the Bills had to do stop someone, which was an illegal forward pass. Thank you. Beat them in the AFC Championship game. We win the damn Super Bowl. Not no one-yard short greatest show on turf, crap. I I got a question. I got a question. Do, do you do you obviously? I guess you are in favor of the Tuck Girl too. No, if you, I could have sworn that was if you if you're gonna say illegal forward passing, that puts you on the side of the tech rule. Well the reason again, I thought it was a forward pass because we would have beaten the Bills in the Super Bowl. <laughs> or beaten the Bills and gotten to the Super Bowl. I say that that was a fumble because it's two different rules and that was a pure conspiracy devised by the NFL because that happened right after nine eleven. So there's that. Moving on. on <laughs> and, it started, and it started the Patriot Dynasty. Yes. Yeah, on, a, on a related note, screw Tom Brady. All right, <laughs> Eric, you're up. So, that happened. Well, speaking of John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders, who were victims of the tough rule, thank you, we all knew that when a team gives a head coach a 10-year, $100 million contract, and give all of his assistants guaranteed four-year deals, he's really going to be running the show. Well, that became official as the Raiders fired general manager Reggie McKenzie. Khalil Mack, gone. Amari Cooper, gone. McKenzie's guys. Another McKenzie guy, Derek Carr, 
There's rumors swirling around that Gruden wants him out. So that this is really Chucky's franchise for what that's worth. Hey, 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 Gruden, uh, send, send Carr our way. We'll, we'll take him for you. No, no, send him down here to Jacksonville. We, we, we'll take care of him. We, we need a quarterback, too, you know. We'll take his contract. <laughs> You know what's funny? The only person in the 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 only person here that the only person's team here that doesn't need a quarterback, but this year they did is Harry. I'd say Josh Allen is doing all right for himself. Oh yes, now. No, I'm saying earlier on in the season you did. Now you don't need a quarterback. We are going to talk about Josh Allen a little bit and pour one out for the homers because he actually set an NFL record uh, this week. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on here. In regards to the uh, in regards to the Oakland Raiders situation, it's it, it's Rod Tidwell theory. For those of you who don't remember, Rod Tidwell was the name of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character in Jerry Maguire. And what I mean by that is that Oakland basically rolled out the bank to John Gruden, who said, "Show me the money," and they did. So anything that Chucky wants, Chucky gets. Mm-hmm. And that includes the general manager, Reggie. What did you say his last name was? McKenzie. It really doesn't matter because he's gone. <laughs> Anyone else got anything to add to this? The Raiders suck. Raiders kind of Raiders. Raiders are the new Browns again now. Did you I, see I, the Facebook? is back. Did you guys see the Facebook meme of uh, the Browns helmet handing the torch to the Raiders helmet? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, I chuckled at that one. That was well done. The, there are three teams. I, I think there are three teams that are guaranteed to suck forever in the NFL. The Raiders, the Browns, and the Jets. Hey, hey, Oakland. You, you sure you really want to sue? They could be Reno's problem. They could be Santa Clara's problem. They're going to be Vegas's problem. They won't be yours. <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm Oakland, I'm like, fuck it, just go. <laughs> just leave now. We don't need you. <laughs> it's the antithesis of Al Davis. Hey, just leave. Baby. They, 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 they've got a uh, really good team of a different sport sitting right next door. For now. They're leaving too. No, no, no. That's in the same same building. I'm talking about right next door. No, I know who you're talking about. They're building a new arena. They're moving into a new arena. They're leaving Oakland. Oh, I did not hear about that. So are they building one in San Fran? I believe so. That's (laughs) been in the works for the past couple of years. (laughs) So Oakland's losing all their teams. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the tip-off here on the W2M Network. <laughs> Guys, that's the name of our uh, that's the name of our March Madness special when we come back. Can, can calling... I can, can I segue that into one little thing real quick? Make it quick, Bisco. Um, so the the team granted different sport. The team that your football team, Harry, oh, uh, could not beat. <laughs> Granted, different sport, but the Pirates were able to beat the number sixth ranked Kentucky Wildcats in overtime at the Garden last Saturday. 
It's okay. You guys will just choke in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Like you <laughs> oh, like. shut up. Guys, our team doesn't care until we get to conference play because we're in a real basketball conference. So are we. I mean, technically, Seton Hall is in the Big East. If they, yeah. If there's any conference that can claim dominance, and they do have the defending national champions mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but it, even still, it's not it, the same. It's not the same as it was, but... Those East- national Real quick, those national champions are about to get embarrassed on Saturday by Rock Chalk, but they are in the Big East. Fair enough. All right, Brandon, you're up. So, that happened. Um, so, not quite as big of a firing as Eric's. But the Vikings canned their offensive coordinator, John Filippo. DeFilippo. Oh, DeFilippo, thank you. Um, Youngstown, Ohio native, actually. Ah. The only reason I know that. And it's kind of weird because, while yes, they've been struggling mightily over the last two weeks, only scoring 10 and 7 respectively in their last two games. Prior to that, they did score 20 and 17 points in those last in those two games prior. In the modern NFL landscape, maybe not the most productive uh, team on the field offensively, but you got to put some uh, blame on the defense too because the fact that they score, were able to score 20 and 17 points and not win is not a good sign for your defense. So, look... Uh, 50-50, and I'll be talking more about that later. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, for for a team that looked like they were, you know, on their way to making the Super Bowl uh, in their home building just last year, they've had a very big fall from grace. This has been the year, I, I think, um, how many teams out of the teams that made it to the playoffs last year are either out of contention entirely or at the very least not looking good in terms of making the playoffs this year. I can name at least four. I want to say it's like five or six. Yeah, because I know Bills and Jaguar, they're both out. Um, and the Vikings and the Eagles aren't looking too hot right now. Technically speaking, the Vikings are still the sixth seed. Yes. Yeah. The fact that they have that tie is what allowed them to keep the sixth mm-hmm. seed. They are six, six and one. Carolina is six, seven and one. I believe Green Bay's back in it as well at five, seven and one after their win over Atlanta, mm-hmm. which we'll talk a little bit more about when we get to Are You Serious? Yes, I know, Eric. I have some crow to eat. <laughs> I told you. I forewarned you. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about those Are You Serious standings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. back in the lead. Okay, so my so that happened. It is official. College football's made man has officially once again retired. I am referring to Bill Snyder of Kansas State. He has stepped away from the Wildcat program. As a Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan, it pains me to give Kansas State credit in anything, but... You could argue that Bill Snyder is the godfather of football in Kansas. He took the Kansas State program and turned them around once. He left and retired. They sucked. He came back and turned them around a second time. This was a subpar year for the Wildcats. They went 5-7. and seven. But in my opinion, they may have found the guy to once again turn this franchise around. 
Eric, in mm. college in college football, especially at the FCS level, how do you spell dynasty? Because you N- know how I spell NDSU. Yeah, that's exactly how I spell it too. North Dakota State University, the Bison. They lost their coach. As Kansas State has hired Chris Kleeman, the head coach of the two-time FCS national champion Bison, to become their new coach starting next season. Two-time defending champion, if I remember correctly. No, James Madison two years ago, two out of the last three. Okay. So they're the real. So, so they're the real college football dynasty. Yeah, because North Dakota State's been on a much longer run than that, dating if back to Carson Wentz. If I'm not mistaken, it's actually three of the last four. Because mm-hmm. I think the only team that broke it up was uh, was James Madison the year that they beat Youngstown State in the final. And they and they have a much tougher road than uh, that uh, that. Uh, Little elephant down down south. No, oh, uh, uh, agreed. But yeah, that's why even North Dakota State they're moving conferences. They're going over to, I believe they're in the, going to the Missouri Valley, mm. which is going to be even tougher competition for them. Wait, who's moving to the Missouri Valley? North Dakota State. They're already in the Missouri Valley, Eric. Okay, so then the move is complete, because I know that has been a big thing the past couple of years, but it's a process for it to become official official. I don't think there's any question that the Missouri Valley Football Conference is the SEC of the FCS. Oh, completely. You want me to tell you who else is moving there? The West Virginia Hoot Owls. (laughs) Their game against the Buckets is this Saturday. We'll have results and... Discussion about that next week here on the yeah, show. Yeah, it, it, it keeps getting postponed due to tornado <laughs> winds in, in Charleston. In, inclement weather. We'll talk more about inclement weather here in a few moments as well. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic, Dramatic reverb. reverb. And thanks for leaving me hanging, by the way. Um, it's wait, a, it's only like dramatic you... reverb if Harry does it. How, how did I leave you hanging, Eric? I did a dun 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 when no, I. No, I gave you a dramatic reverb. Oh, I didn't hear it. My mistake. <laughs> I didn't. Out your ears. Too much. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. So I'm with, I'm with you, Eric. I didn't hear. It. Too much. Uh, Jason gets I, it. I, I think he's full of shit, and he just thinks that me and you just don't pay attention to him like we never do. But. <laughs> Jason, pick a number: one, two, or three. I want to go with how many. No. <laughs> How many orifices you violated on yourself tonight, sir? <laughs> Guess what, Jason? You've won the toss for Byers. <laughs> go with go with Harry violating orifices. <sighs> I'll remind everybody once again. Family show. <laughs> No, you did it all alone. There was no other family involved. <laughs> and I want to take the NFL question. Now I have to find the questions because you got me all flustered again. Because so I've, I've talked about your your your, your court hole and <laughs> your orifices. All right. You ready? Sure. Here's the question. Buy or sell 
with the amount of parity that we have been seeing in the NFL over the course of this season, a sub-500 team will make the playoffs. I thought that said party. That's why I picked it. I thought we were going to talk about some parties. Like the party that I'm going to be throwing with the Giants win the NFC East and be the Road Warriors and win the Super Bowl. See, I, I was I was teeing it up. I, you, you, you just talked over me. So I'm buying that. I'm buying the Giants getting in with a subpar record of 7-9. God, that's so bad. I was about to say, you know that's like not mathematically possible, right? It is. No, it's not. Not to win the <laughs> NFC East. No, not to win, but to get in, but to get the sixth seed. They I mean, technically the speaking, seed. with technically speaking, with Minnesota at six, six and one, the the Giants aren't eliminated yet. No, and we have the easiest schedule out of anybody in the NFC going forward. So we're going to pour some out for the homers. We'll get to that in a second here. A little, a we'll later. get to that in a second. We have other stuff to get to. We're, that's up next. Don't worry. We're getting there. <laughs> Brandon, buy or sell. Uh, sub-500 team will make the postseason this year. Um, I'm going to sell this, but I think a five. I think a team right at 500 will will make it. I'm more in that boat myself. I mean, theoretically speaking, seven and nine could be a wild yes. card in the NFC this year, just because that, that conference is top to bottom garbage. You have the two top teams in the NFC in New Orleans and Los Angeles, and then the step below them is Chicago and Dallas, and then everybody else is just cluster fucked right behind them. Pretty there much. is no. There is no other dominant team outside of the four division leaders right now. Those are the only four teams with with records of more than one game above 500. Because the two wildcard teams in the NFC right now are, well, Seattle's 8-5 and five now, I guess, because they did beat Minnesota on Monday Night Football. But Seattle at 8-5, and five, and then, as mentioned, Minnesota at 6-6-1 six, six has the wildcard. Eric, same question. Buy or sell, a sub-500 team will make the postseason this year. I'm going to sell just barely because I don't think that Minnesota is going to really hang on and they would be really your best shot at seven, eight and one even to make the playoffs. But I do think both looking at the NFC and for craziness in the AFC with that sixth seed, there's an eight and eight team or Maybe even a Pittsburgh at eight, seven, and one, they can still make the playoffs. But seven wins, you're gonna be in the conversation, and you're gonna create a lot of chaos week seventeen. But it's not gonna happen. Hard, hard to believe when you look at last year, and three nine and seven teams were left out in the AFC, and it took ten and six to get in in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Significant step down in terms of the uh, top teams, or I guess you could say maybe a step up in terms of the bottom teams. I think it's mostly a step down in terms of the top teams because look at some of the teams that made it in the NFC last year and look where they are now, like like Minnesota and Philly, like I talked about earlier. Not to mention you can throw Green Bay into that conversation as well. Yeah. 
that's three just in the uh, NFC, and then you have another two, and I think that's all of them, five, that will not, more than likely at least, will not make the playoffs this year. Minnesota still can, but... Atlanta there, because they were in, and then... Oh, yeah, Atlanta, too, and Carolina. There, yeah, so even more, actually. You're good point. Well, Carolina's still got a chance. They still have a chance, but... Atlanta's mathematically eliminated, but Carolina still has a chance. Not if they keep on losing. Well, no, if they keep playing like they've been playing, then they're done, obviously. I mean, you lose five in a row, it does something to a team's psyche. To think this all started from getting absolutely bitch-slapped by Pittsburgh on Thursday Night Football. Mm -hmm. Because the announcers were talking about that during the Browns and Panthers game, because... There's somebody that lives in, I've mentioned before, the Youngstown, Ohio area. We're right in between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, so we get the Browns and the Steelers games here. And this past Sunday, it was the Browns at 1 o'clock, the Steelers at 425, back-to-back on Fox. So we didn't get the uh, the national game at 425, which was, I think, the... It was Dallas and Philly. Was it Dallas and Philly? Oh, well, then I'm it glad. It was. Then I'm glad we didn't get that anyway. <laughs> Although we did see the end of it when they went to overtime, and we wished everybody an Amari Christmas. <laughs> but uh, the Steelers are another one. I'll talk about them more later, but it's kind of funny. Both of the teams that I normally get here uh, have been going down the tube lately. Interesting fact, it would also be a Dacky New Year. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel bad. I'm kicking myself for it. I'm kicking myself like my name was Dan Bailey. <laughs> oh, my God. That oh, all fair credit who was not take a sack. Oh. Fair credit to Bill Maher for setting a Cowboys record with a 62-yarder this past Sunday. Yeah, and if only they had set him up for a game winner, I would have had a lot of shenanigan money right now. But somebody had to miss a block and make Dak take a sack not once but twice to set up overtime. Eric's just a little bit bitter about his parlays. Just a bit. I hit one. I could have hit six. Six. <laughs> oh, can't blame my bookie for that, Dallas. Brandon, you're up next. Do you want the college question or do you want the both question? I'll take both. Okay. After what happened in Mexico City, which led to the game being postponed back or the game being moved back to Los Angeles for the Monday night football game between the Rams and the Chiefs, and what we saw from the field conditions at OCO for the Raiders and the Steelers, the NFL needs to institute a clause that state, well, college football too here need to institute a a clause that states that if a field is not playable within two days of game day, then the game will be moved. Yeah, I'd buy that. Oh, speaking of that, did you guys see um, what came out today in the NFL? I did not. That they've announced that they have, I think, I want to say 10 games. Uh, They've announced the home team with the quote-unquote home teams. Um, for uh, the international games, and they are actually deciding to go back to Mexico City next year, which I was yep. shocked about. Well, as I long did. as they keep, as long as they keep the game, uh, the concerts away from the stadium the week before the game, they should be fine. But I mean, just because of what happened this year and the debacle and and the you know the 
the you know the the uh, shame that it brought to the NFL. You would think you would think that they'd be very hesitant to do this, do it again. Oh no! Even after and as the debacle was going on, right after they announced the game would be moved to LA, they made the announcement that said, "Yes, we're going to go back to Mexico City in the future. That's not going to stop us." That's why if there is anything like this, you have to have your home stadium open for that date as a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, this is um, yeah, they definitely need to get this under control. Um, the the grounds crews, I mean, and you know, you would think Odako at least. I mean, yes, I know that they don't care as much anymore for multiple reasons. But you, sewage back up. <laughs> but you would think that the the grounds crew at Odaka would be pre- more much more prepared for something like this. Um, and uh, I'm just going to point something out. They couldn't get that stadium cleaned up, but if you take a truck and fifty dollars to a Home Depot, you can get all kinds of Mexicans to do work for you. And they couldn't get that place cleaned up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, there's something seriously wrong. I I don't think it's a... Uh, how was it that you worded it, Brandon? What was the word that you used to describe it? Uh, like, that... Because they don't care as much, I guess. Yeah, you know what it is? It was a lack of professionalism from yeah, O.Co. Exactly. Because well, I, I know, mean... I know, you real quick, get out of, okay. real quick, Jason. Because I'm going to kind of touch on what Eric talked about earlier. I'm going to bring this back to his dud for Chris Boswell here. Yeah, Boswell completely biffing on that game, that potential game tying kick at the end of regulation sucks for Pittsburgh. But that wasn't entirely Boswell's fault. If that Mm -hmm. field is anything resembling playable, then Boswell doesn't biff sickle when he's going for that game tying field goal. True. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I mean, you could have got some. Like, get out of jail free Monopoly cards, paint them green, and wave them around, and got that stadium cleaned up in an hour. Especially in Oakland. Well, but, but the, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I would think that the grounds crew at Oakland wouldn't need that. They're used to doing much harder things. They don't care. This is my question. The concert was like, over, like, I think they said 10 days prior? Seven. I mean, seriously, if you can't get something cleaned up, I've seen I've seen them convert an entire baseball field. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like this is the field. same building that does baseball to football conversions in a day like it's nothing. Eh, but it, it, I mean, but if you look at the conversions... It's even a half-done conversion because they still keep the baseball dirt on the ground. Well, that's a little different. All all baseball and football multi-purpose stadiums have done that during the baseball season just so as not to put it, like, not to uh, keep on having to place and then take off grass. Not entirely because a lot of those multi-purpose stadiums used AstroTurf. Jason but the ones that didn't, didn't. 
Uh, let's continue on here real quick here, just because there's still a bunch of stuff to get to on tonight's episode, yep. and we have a limited time frame to do it. Uh, Jason, buy or sell that games in both college and the NFL where conditions are deemed unfit for play should be moved? Uh, I'm, I'm buying that. Not only because of, I mean, professionalism, like you said, you also got to take into effect a safety mm-hmm. of the players and ever even the fans. I mean, how many times have we seen, like, I mean, you guys are more soccer knowledgeable than I am. I mean, soccer stadiums collapsing and stuff. What's to say that this couldn't happen if this happened at an NFL conversion stadium or it was uh, mismanaged, you know, this and this happened at an NFL game? How catastrophic would that be? I mean, the NFL doesn't have good PR as, as it is. I mean... Fortunately... I'm, go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying it's... It's crazy because I think you need to put player and everybody's safety above anything. So if you can't have the field ready, move it move it somewhere more appropriate. Yeah, you might lose out on a little bit of revenue through like, you know, because you might have to downsize stadiums. But, you know, you can make that money on the back end somehow. Look, it's not... And to an extent there as well, in regards to this Oakland-Pittsburgh game here, let's be honest here. How many people are going out to support mm-hmm. the Raiders in Oakland right now? Because it's me. a dead franchise. They're a duck franchise. They know that the, the end is nigh, and most of the fans there have stopped caring. Well, and also, this, in terms of this scenario, and, and the Mexico City scenario too, um, this isn't that sort of situation when it comes to the stand so much as it's the field and it's the players. And also in in the U.S. we have much better uh, way of getting fans into the stadium so you don't have the sort of crowd control issues that they do over in Europe. So it's a lot different than the soccer stadium issues. Not to mention we have newer stadiums. That else, I mean, that's also over- true. Well, yeah, because over in England, you'll have a team play in a place for 80, 90 years. It become a sacred, hallowed ground before they build something new. Mm-hmm. Here, if it's anything built and it's past a generation, you just tear it down and build something else. Mm-hmm. With, well, in football, not so much in baseball. Eh, well, you, yeah, Bush Stadium, Bush Stadium 2, Bush Stadium 3. True. The New Yankee Stadium, the other New Yankee Stadium, Coors Field, I can keep going. Well, technically, the second Yankee Stadium was just a renovation. Technically, oh, and another thing, too, in regards to that, uh, I'm going to disagree as well, is because we've seen older baseball stadiums modernized to mm-hmm. fit the needs of their modern ball clubs, i.e. Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. Yep. So it is possible to upgrade these older stadiums. The question is, to ownership is, is it worth upgrading it at the cost that it would take to just not build a new stadium? Exactly. Eric, the question, Eric, the question comes to you. Buy or sell. Games at stadiums with field conditions that are a detriment to the players need to be moved in both college and the NFL. I'm going to buy this, and there's already framework in place. Like when they mentioned with the Mexico City game, if you're being moved to one of these international games, 
and something were to happen. You need to have your home stadium open on that date as a contingency plan. I think that's great. And I even remember just a few years ago when the Packers were playing in the Hall of Fame game, there was an issue with playability on the field with the condition the of the state in part due to a paint job. The logo, and, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They Wasn't went it canceled? Ahead. They did. Since it was a Hall of Fame game, it was preseason. It had no real effect. So the NFL does make some moves for some of these instances thinking that, oh, they're going to be one-offs. But they need to have it more official and better codified hard and fast rule so that way as the more often this happens the easier that you can make it another thing go ahead brandon and then i'll close it up and then we'll move on to the next question another thing about it is that if you make this rule and you also not only make the rule but it when it comes to a home field like with odako you say if we if you force us to move this game, you are taking a hit. You have to refund everyone's money for that game, what have you, and the teams are taking a financial hit as a result. Maybe it'll get some of these organizations' butts into shape and have them make sure that their fields are up to snuff. The only thought that I had on this, and then we'll close with this here too, is yeah, we got a good chuckle out of what happened to Boswell. He tears his hamstring. It's not funny. Oh yeah, no. He tears or blows, a- out. Or blows he- out of ACL. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say he tears his ACL or his meniscus or anything in his knee that sidelines him for the rest of the year. It's not funny. And both of those were viable possibilities from him losing his plant leg on a kick. Or tears his Achilles. Anything in the anything in the lower leg was at risk there because of the condition. Mm-hmm. It's just it's dumb that they were allowed to play on a field that was in that bad of shape. All right, let's move on here. Eric, you lead us off for the college question. You ready? Ready. So rumors have come out that the college football play committee is talking about expansion already. Zip it, Bizco. We have a question to ask. Buy or sell by the 2021 college football playoff, we will have expanded to an 18 playoff. I'm going to buy. At this point, if you look at the national championship ratings, starting from the beginning of the playoff system, which was Oregon, Ohio State. Going on down up to now, which looks like another rematch between Alabama and Clemson, and you go forward to next season, the 2019 season going to the 2020 playoff, who is going to be favored? Alabama and Clemson. Ratings take a hit. Your wider audiences take a hit. You're now not looking at a national sport national implications, national interest. If you're outside of the South, it's become a crapshoot. UCF issue aside, because there's a lot of, especially noise out of of all conferences, the Big 12, 
that have mentioned UCF as a factor. But you look at a network like ESPN, they pay on the order of one, two, two and a half billion dollars. They're losing money. So you're looking all the way to the window where TV contracts are up for renewal beginning in 2023. You're looking at the end of this contract in 2026. They're starting to do the math now, and it's not looking too good. So this is going to be a time to where they'll force the issue, and there's a specific clause that after the, I believe, the sixth season, they can go ahead, review the format, see what works and what doesn't. So I think right now you're getting that perfect storm to, by the time toe meets leather, August of 2021, you're looking at eight teams. Jason? If it's, Bo- if it's Boswell, Toe will never meet leather. Uh, I'm going to sell this because I don't think that they do it simply because of exactly what people have talked about. I think even Saban came out and talked about this. Uh, when you ex- the college playoff has actually um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think I know what you're lessened, about to say, but lessened lessened all the other bowls, and that's why you don't see people play. You know, your bigger stars playing in bowls because you know when you was in the SEC, your your main goal was to go to the Sugar Bowl. When you was in the big uh, the Big Ten, you was the the Big Ten and Pac-12. You was your main accomplishment, go to the Rose Bowl, play in the Rose Bowl. The prestige of some of these bowls have been lost due to the playoff system. Yeah, in theory, playoff system's great, but you're just going to have the same issues as you do now. If you go 12 teams, you're going to have number 13 bitching about not getting in if they had a case. Um, You're going to have the bias of conferences playing in SEC. but, well, that's I mean, why you would need to have a, a an actual system in place. You're never going to get a true system. You're never going to get a legitimate 100% accepted system because just like everything in this world, you have to factor in human bias. Division 3, they do it right. And I'm going FCS on specifically right. Division Three. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. the 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 only thing is is bowl monies generate revenue. If you're the 13th seed, you get left out, and you don't get that that quote unquote big bowl money. You're going to have a legitimate case to bitch. And, and I agree, but I'll just say this point, and then we can. And I'll move on from here. At what point is with the big bowl money an issue anyway? Bowls themselves are being diluted, as has been the case, especially for the past three years, because as you've said, and I'm still talking to Sean to get on board, we could get on the horn, (laughs) have a seventh or eighth place Pac-12 team with a ninth place team out of Conference USA say, hey, We've got a field with a 20,000-seat stadium here. We want to sponsor a bowl game in this city. Let's go, and it'll be done. 
I'm not disagreeing that I think the bowl games have been diluted by the playoff, but at the same time, I think that you could use some of these bowl games as like first-round matchups if the tournament were to expand, and you could still allow the teams that do not make the bowl, the uh, college football playoff, even if it expands to eight, you could have them have the opportunity to go to bowl games, some of the lesser-known bowl games, to have the opportunity to get their names out there and give them a chance to have the extra practice time with their freshmen and their the red shirts or whatever. Exactly. Just as as importantly, you can use those games that they have outside of the college football playoff as kind of a test run for what they're going to be like next season. The issue that I have and my biggest concern about the college football playoff is, is what, is what Jason said. When you have these smaller bowl games, the, the big stars don't play. We talked about it last week here. Will Greer is sitting out of the camping world game against Syracuse. He has no interest in playing because he doesn't want to hurt his NFL stock. Ed Houston, Ed, uh, Ed Oliver from Houston is sitting out of their bowl game. It's it's just it started a couple of years ago with NCC. The kid from the kid that's projected top five in Kentucky is setting out. See, yeah, but. It, it started a couple of years ago with Run CMC not playing in Stanford's bowl game because they don't want to risk being injured in these lesser-known bowl games. So you're going to bastardize the smaller bowl games, especially if you expand the playoff to include more of the bowl games as first-round matchups. Well, that's going to happen regardless, especially now, because mm-hmm. the, these kids know that this bowl doesn't mean squat. Why am I risking my real future in real football to play in a meaningless exhibition game? I got a great question. Hold on. This is a great question. Murray, if he is not in a – if Oklahoma did not make it to the Final Four, you will not see Murray put on a pair of shoulder pads or cleats ever again. Simply because – Major League Baseball has him a nine million dollar contract waiting on him, which well, exactly he can't touch. He can It baffles me that he cannot touch till he finished this season with Oklahoma I, football. I one hundred percent agree with that. That mm-hmm. if Oklahoma wouldn't have gotten into the four seed, Kyler Murray wouldn't have played in the bowl game. Yeah, and I agree with that, and of all teams, he was signed by the A's, and the reason why he couldn't touch it, not so much for the football aspect, but because he was a two-sport athlete also playing baseball at Oklahoma. And, but here's the thing, if they, and I I haven't really paid too much attention to this on on this type of level, and it hasn't happened with a really big team in a long time. But I'm sure in basketball, if one of the top of one of the top teams and some of the top names, if their team did not make it to the NCAA tournament and were in the NIT instead, I'm sure they're sitting out. So it's the same sort of scenario. Well, basically, and this is how it happens even for teams that make the NCAA tournament. Your most recent case that comes to my mind is Lonzo Ball. Once they know that they're finished playing meaningful basketball, then if they're good enough and they know they have their stock, they just go ahead and they declare for the NBA draft. They're out. Mm -hmm. So that happens all the time. 
And the reason why, circling back to why I say Division Three has it right, Division Two, their playoffs in the past decade have expanded 24 to 28 teams. It most likely will stop there. And with the SCS, their system, you can't quite say it's 100% perfect, but that's for a few reasons. And me being here in Jacksonville, we have the Jacksonville University Dolphins, which I actually may be returning to school and be a student there probably next year. Stay tuned for that. There was controversy for a while because about six or so years ago, they had an 11-1 season. They were undefeated in conference play, the Pioneer League. At the time, the Pioneer League was not an automatic bid for the FCS playoffs because they were non-scholarship. They did not get in as an at-large team. The Pioneer League worked with the NCAA. They eventually gained that automatic bid. The FCS playoffs has since expanded. It was 16 teams, then 20. Now it's 24. But for teams like the MEAC and the SWAC, who because of scheduling are basically ineligible for the FCS playoffs, they have a special bowl game between those two league champions. And it's in Orlando, it might not be. But it's well, still, I can still have something like that. Well, I can tell you it's uh, the Celebration Bowl. It'll be North Carolina A&T against Steve McNair's alumnus, uh, Alcorn State, this yep. Saturday this Saturday at noon on ABC. It's the precursor to the first college football bowl game of the season. That's And that's the exact bowl game that I was referencing to. Thank you very much, Harry. So, uh, FCS, they have it to where this could, now granted, size-wise, not to this extent, but they've shown if you have this kind of a system, it can work. And those lesser bowl games would actually be even more meaningful because instead of your New Year Six and the Olive Garden Papa John's 12th Street Bowl in Sheboygan, <laughs> you have... How dare, how dare you knock the good goddamn name of Sheboygan? Do <laughs> you know what I mean? You have your meaningful big games and a couple meaningful bowl games, but then if you have a not good enough season, it's all you can still get in on special tiebreakers and rules at five and seven. It's no, you get better and you improve for next year. The F, the D3 final is actually tomorrow night. We're well, actually Friday night because we're recording this on time. I'm so used to recording on Thursdays now that I'm forgetting we're actually on a Wednesday today. Um, <laughs> The D3 final is this Friday. It is Mount Union versus Mary Hardin Baylor. Damn it! I was hoping for another Mount Union, Wisconsin, Whitewater. (laughs) It doesn't matter because go Purple Raiders. Anywho, the first of the bowl games, as I mentioned, is actually this Saturday, December 15th, Tulane and Louisiana Lafayette, or as they're affectionately known. Yeah, I agree, but as they're affectionately known, Ulala kick things off with the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Florida at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. 
And also, right, I, think, I think there's, like, North Carolina A&T is playing in a bowl game or something. Yeah, Harry just mentioned it, the Celebration Bowl. Oh, yes. That's it. That's at noon on ABC. All right, let's move on here. It's time to pour one out for the homers. Uh, no college football to discuss this week, so we'll specifically focus on the NFL here. And I will talk to Brandon and Jason first, as I usually do. A impressive victory over a depleted Redskins team moves the Giants to five and eight. Even if you don't, don't, even I turned British there for a second. Even if you don't make the playoffs. How many wins would you consider for this to be a successful season in New York? Brandon, I'll ask you first. Um, looking at how they were playing at the beginning of the season, a 7-9 and nine season would be outstanding at this point, considering how poorly they started. Jason, same question. Or not. I don't Jason. know what happened. His microphone. Oh, I, I was muted. I'm sorry. I was eating fortune cookies and I'm muted. I didn't want to be crunching in your ear. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Same question. I will. I'm going to say the Giants will win out. Build momentum. That and I will count that as successful because we tend to get hot at the end of the season mm-hmm. and we, we can build on next season. You still have the great nucleus of OBJ, Sterling Shepard, Ingram, and the man B. Sparkly. Uh, and I think that actually gives uh, it's a double edged sword. We're going to, I feel that we're going to win out, which will drop our draft stock and drop us down into the teens drafting rather than, you know, up in the top 10. But I still think we can get a quality quarterback in the first round. I'm hearing various names, um, and I think I think we can. I think we'll take it as a success to build off of, rather than as a negative. Uh, we started out super slow. Our offensive line was like Swiss cheese. Eli has about the mobility of Drew Bledsoe now. Um, Modern day Drew Bledsoe, not when he was playing Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Drew Bledsoe was was Stonehenge back there in the pocket. Um, he would take off I, when necessary in Buffalo. Yeah, he'd take off to the sideline because they was punting, um, or take off to the locker room because he lost he, he lost his job to Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> That was in New England, not Buffalo. I know. I'm just saying, hey, I'm making all the Drew Bledsoe references I can make. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to disagree with you, Jason. I actually think you guys are going to lose two out of your last three. All right. Who do you think they're going to be to? Uh, I think you're going to lose at Indianapolis next week for sure. I don't think you guys get by Tennessee this week. I believe that you're you've bumped your head and you're smoking that devil lettuce. It's going to be a close game. I'll, I'll say that. That's Eric's gimmick on this show. I, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be a close game. Here's the reason I, I that, think I think I I take the Giants plus ten. 
here's here's the reason that I here's the reason that I'm picking you guys to lose two out of your last three here. The Titans and the Colts are both fighting for wild card positioning in the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys game, I think you can win because Dallas will have the NFC North clinched by then. You mean East? Or the NFC East, sorry. Thank you. No, no they can clinch the North. We, we just realigned the division. <laughs> Mid-season. No, Dallas will clinch the NFC East by the final week of the season. And I do think you guys will beat the Cowboys at home to finish 6-10. and 10. But with Tennessee and Indianapolis both in the midst of wild card races in the AFC, I don't see it. I'm sorry. Then again, I thought Atlanta was going to beat Green Bay this past weekend. So what the hell do I know? Uh-huh. I warned you. All right, Eric, let's talk Jaguars, shall we? Oh, do we have to? Yes. Well, the good news for you is that we don't have to describe the cluster fudge that was the Thursday night game because we already did that last week. Instead, we focus on what's happening this Sunday, and Jacksonville is actually a seven-point favorite against Washington. It's a trap. No, (laughs) no, no, no. I I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm, I'll be talking about that later. Of course, we're gonna be a seven-point favorite at home when the weather's half decent, and we're facing bum-ass Mark Sanchez, who butt fumbles not once but twice. And ooh, lest we forget the mightiness that is the great Josh Johnson. Ooh, oh Jesus. <laughs> No, knowing what happened and knowing the fact that Jalen Ramsey is pretty much non-existent in the witness protection program, yeah, we're going to screw that up even worse. Watch Sanchez goes out and throws four touchdowns and just rubs his nutsack all over us. Are you serious? Uh, well, that's kind of what Derrick Henry did this past week. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, you guys remember... Do you guys remember the old Halo game where you could like t- drop your chain onto somebody after you killed them? Oh yes, yes, teabagging. That was Derrick Henry last week. On oh Thursday yeah, Derrick Henry was teabagging on the whole entire Jacksonville defense last week. Three stiff arms <laughs> on one one. That was all I needed to see, and ESPN made damn sure I see it from every conceivable camera angle. If I could have flown up to Bristol and smacked somebody right then and there. Oh. All right, so I actually do have a little bit of positive news to discuss and pour one out for the homers this week. Yes, the Bills lost to the Jets. I'll say it again for the people in the back. We lost to the fucking Jets. On a game-winning touchdown run, no less. I know how that feels. That's when you know your team sucks. But on the plus side, Josh Allen set an NFL record. Hmm. Do you know what that record is, Brandon? No idea. Jason, do you know? Not a clue. Eric, I think you might. That's why I saved you for last. Most rushing yards by a rookie quarterback? Over a three-game span. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, over the last three games, has rushed for almost 500 yards. It is the most in NFL history, breaking the record that was held by, Eric, do you know? Michael, Michael Vick. Michael Vick is correct. I, I, knew, that, I, knew, that, I knew he broke my uh, Michael Vick record. Mm-hmm. So I will give Josh Allen credit for that. 
let's be honest here. It is over in Buffalo for this season. We are done. It is what it is. That being said, our last three games are Detroit, Miami, and New England. Two of those three are winnable. We'll probably win one of them and finish the season 5-11. and 11. Is that New England game in Week 17? It is. New England then will... All, then all three of those games play. are winnable. No, I, I, I don't think so because we always struggle against New England. And the, the game is... The game is in Foxborough, too. But, but if they have thing, a number one seed or, you know, if they're done, if their season is done, they can't do anything further, they'll probably bench everyone. I'd like to say that that's a possibility, but knowing how Belichick treats his divisional rivals, I disagree. Mm. Yeah, seeing how they treat the divisional rivals, and we saw what happened with Miami. I wouldn't sell yourself short. True. But, I mean, think about this. This is something to where... Yes, it was in a loss, but it's a great moment, and you can build on this. It's not like a team goes out and shuts out Andrew Luck for the first time in his whole damn career, only to... Derrick Henry. He went <laughs> to Uli. He should know better. But then even in generosity, he tried to... God damn it. <laughs> Eric... It goes back to what we've said many times on the show before. Never trust anyone from Alabama. No, no. I thought Alabama running backs were supposed to crumble by now. No, <laughs> that's Alabama quarterbacks. Although, apparently, one of those Alabama running backs is going to end up in the AAF. Did you see that? Richardson? Yeah. He, uh, I think the San Diego Fleet announced that they signed Trent Richardson. Good for him. Glad to see him back on the field. They're getting some legitimate former NFL top quality players for this league. Honestly, of the three, like we talked about last week, I think the AAS has the best chance for success. And the fact that they're the one getting off the ground first definitely is going to help their cause. We'll talk more about them in the coming weeks here on the kickoff. For now, though, it is time to move on. And Jason, I encourage you to get it together. Get it together. How about Syracuse needs to get it together? A long-standing rivalry with West Virginia. When Syracuse left for the ACC, West Virginia left for the Big 12, it ended the series, and thus ended the Ben Schwartzwater Trophy. I, I probably butchered that because it's fucking 11th. Almost 11.30 at night, and I'm on the lack of sleep. But it's the coveted trophy that West Virginia and Syracuse played for yearly. Well, Syracuse has decided that they will not put the trophy on the line during the Camping World Bowl against West Virginia. Come on, renew the rivalry. Get it together and put the trophy on the line. Well, that goes for all of the old uh, East Coast independence slash Big East rivalries. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where their heads are at because they know if and probably when they lose, they may never see that trophy again. <laughs> but I will side with you. One last go round. Keep it forever, lose it forever. Hell, if the U.S. can be gold medalists in rugby for damn near a century, eh, something like that could happen. Well, my thought process to that would be is if your guys are so concerned about that, then maybe the two schools should negotiate to play each other out of conference. 
Or even make it a basketball rivalry. There's that, too. I mean, it would be a lot easier to play in basketball every year than it would be in football. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot more lead weight. Make it a basketball rivalry. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep the rivalry. Keep, keep some of the Big East alive. I mean, you know, the Big East used to be a pretty solid football conference. We had Miami, West Virginia, yep. Vitek, Syracuse, Schittsburg. And then all of you guys had to leave it for the bigger money. Hey, hey, the Big East was really only a basketball conference until we came to town, so you're welcome. I understand that. That was the that that was the issue with the Big East was that there was too much division between the you know the the well, the football the big time public football schools and the Catholic Seven. Exactly, I, I that that blew my mind. The Big East was, I mean, granted, you had the Big East football, which was which was pretty solid. The Big East basketball, and I mean, they were stark contrasts. It was a lot more competitive in basketball than it was in football, and I think that was where the disparity mm-hmm. came from, and why a lot of those teams left for the ACC because they saw bigger and brighter money in the ACC against other schools that could help them with national recognition, i.e. facing I, the Clemsons, facing the Florida States, facing the Virginia Techs of the world. I, I wish we would have went to the ACC over the Big 12. I think that... That would have made more sense, too. Well, I mean, what would have made the most sense if we would have went to the Big 10? Uh, we could have renewed... You would have had a great rivalry with Ohio State. could have picked... Could have picked the the old Penn State rivalry right back up. That you was, don't want any of that. <laughs> no, I mean that was a great rivalry. I mean, for both schools, that was a good rivalry because of the proximity. Both teams traveled well. You had the college feel and and on both campuses on game day. See, I'm old enough to remember stuff like that. You young pups don't remember stuff like that. Well, I remember some of the old Miami West Virginia. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm talking about the Penn the Penn State West Virginia rivalry. I will yeah, say that this, was before my time. I will say this, but uh, West Virginia Penn State goes back to when both schools were independents back in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. I actually do know my Penn State football history, Jason. That I know it said, as well, mostly because of uh, Requiem for the Big East. That said, the one that I probably miss the most is the West Virginia and Pittsburgh, just because as a somewhat Pittsburgh market here, we got almost the full effect of the backyard brawl up here as well. Well, my what I was saying is I actually lived – I think I was I was on the tail end of the, the Penn State-West Virginia stuff. I'm not for sure. Uh, but I remember – I remember – it being fairly recent rather than archived, the the talks and stuff. Um, but I I love I love the the feel that that could have brought. I mean, could you imagine West Virginia going to Penn State for a whiteout? That would have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's that's on my bucket list is to attend a the attend a, a whiteout at Penn State because just the atmosphere or Penn state coming in 
and you know them and West Virginia playing, if both being ranked in Morgantown on it for a night game, which can be pretty pretty amazing atmosphere. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm all for redoing rivalries. Uh, the pit game, uh, I was actually at the the famous pit game where, gosh, I'm going to have to relive this, aren't I? <laughs> well, when all we had to do is get by a subpar pit team, and we played Ohio State for the national championship, and we would have beat the brakes off Ohio State that year. Florida got in. You're welcome. When West Virginia lost. And I will point out that Florida proceeded to beat the brakes off that Ohio State team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Ohio State team was... was I made so much of fun in that game. It, it was a, that team was a lot of fluff. It had no substance. Um, and also, I was in attendance for the very last... West Virginia Pitt game. It, it's as much as West Virginia and Pitt hate each other. It was a great rivalry, and I would like to see stuff like that come back. That's mm-hmm. what made college football great for that's me. Great enough is the rivalries. And I think that, and we do need to move on here just because we have some other stuff to get to here. But I think that's the biggest problem for you guys being in the Big Twelve is that there are no natural rivalries in the Big Twelve for you. Well, I, and I will just say this quickly: with the expanded college playoff talk. With these contracts, with everything coming on the line, we've seen one and two big waves of conference realignment. Within the next five years, if not within the next three years, you're going to see another one. Mm-hmm. And it will be tsunami levels. Luckily, luckily, my school is completely isolated from it this time around. Well, you guys would need a football program in order to be in this discussion. Well, yes, of course. Uh, Brandon, get yes. it together. My get it together is, and, and I said I was gonna get back to them later. I, I've talked about the pa- uh, I've talked about the Panthers over the last couple of weeks. Now it's time for the other team that I see on a regular basis, and this is my one for the year because I'm sure I probably won't have the opportunity because they've been sucking for the last couple of weeks. This is probably my last opportunity before Christmas to get his name out there. It's time for the Burger Rothless Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, get it together. You've lost two in a row, and you proceed to lose to... Uh, Crap, I'm forgetting who they lost to this week. Oakland? Was... Oakland, yeah, there we go. Oh, yes, the the, the, the shithole that is the O.Co. Coliseum. Um, yeah, Steelers, get it together. <laughs> there are rumblings. The clock might be ticking in this. I... getting mighty warm for my time. I... I don't see it. And the reason I say I don't see it is uh, who are you going to get to replace him? Mm-hmm. No, I, com- I I completely agree, and I really I don't think agree. that they would do it before there's a plan in place. But the fact that there are even rumblings, that should say something. My question is, uh, and it's a legitimate question, uh, Mason Crosby and Boswell, okay? Mason Crosby blew two games, um, if not three, 
he still has a job. Uh, I will give you two examples going back to the beginning of the season. Daniel Carlson, Zane Gonzalez. Both of them had jobs with different teams. Carlson, actually just a couple weeks ago, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week with Oakland. My thought process to this in regards to the whole kicker thing is, is it is the most ungrateful position in sports. Mm -hmm. Because one of two things is going to happen when your presence is needed. Either you're going to have all the heat praised upon you for like a day after you win a game, or you're going to hear shit talked about you for the rest of the season if you blow one. With a few exceptions. My My point is... You're not seeing anybody saying that Crosby's job's in jeopardy or that he's cut. You're not seeing anybody saying Boswell's. I think the thing with Boswell, I think the thing with Boswell is that Pitt, uh, specifically Tomlin, is that Pittsburgh fans are spoiled. Exactly. That's 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 McCarthy exactly got McCarthy got shit canned because Aaron Rodgers didn't like him, and he wanted somebody that more fit the Aaron Rodgers system. Rodgers likes Mason Crosby. That's why Mason Crosby still has a job. It and isn't believe me. Anytime an organization is going to fire a position coach for putting out a tweet, just saying they need to step up and calling out certain people. Yeah. Uh, that one player is going to wield a lot of power. The thing about it is though, is in Pittsburgh is Roethlisberger and Tomlin actually get along really well. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger has a rapport with Tomlin Roethlisberger doesn't want Tomlin to go anywhere. The people that are calling for Mike Tomlin's jobs are the spoiled Pittsburgh Steelers fans that are so used to 10, 11, 12, 13 win seasons and don't realize that despite the fact that they're only 7, 5, and 1, they're still the AFC North leaders and still the number four seed in the playoff race right now. I got a question, and this this is legit. Why did they, why did they wait so long to put Ben back in the game. Tomlin, uh, Tomlin actually came out and said, quote, we were in the flow of the game, end quote. You can translate that as they had the lead, they wanted to keep playing with the lead, when they lost the lead, that's when Ben came in. Do you think it was more of a, we're going to play we're, we're going to play to maintain rather than play to win. Yes. Yeah. He got cocky with, with the lead he had, therefore kept Dobbs in just to try to weather the storm uh, out in place of just basically putting his foot on the throat and ending the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exactly what I, it was. Yeah. I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that theory. All right, let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Mm-hmm. Eric, get it together. Okay, say any of you guys are NFL quarterbacks. Okay. You fought hard for one franchise. You gave it your all. They decided not to pay you. You go to a team that says, "Hey, we are going to pay you. We're going to pay you top dollar." We're going to keep paying you top dollar for three years. What do you say? What 
when you're in that situation, you know you're finally achieving everything that you want and fought so hard for. Wouldn't you play like it and be appreciative of it? Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million guaranteed. Taking your wannabe pompous Michigan State ass out of the locker room, screaming at people you like that as you limped a team to a 9-7 and seven record in a playoff appearance. I knew damn well when Washington wasn't going to get your name right, they weren't going to pay you. So you took your whiny free agent ass to Minnesota, who gave you nearly $30 million a year guaranteed for three years. You smug, bad commercial being in with your family ass is 5-19 and 19 in primetime games. Had I followed my own damn advice that morning, went on my bookie, and hammered the Seahawks because of you, I would have won me some money. For God's sake, Kirk, get it together. Your ass should have been shut out with you and your garbage yardage. Yeah, that was the big takeaway that I had from watching the tail end of that game is the fact that Seattle's defense let them drive the field at the end of the game and cost themselves the shutout. I was a little disappointed when I saw that final score. It's like, well, 21-7? Bro, finish the job. It's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he he gets all turtled up in shrinkage on Monday night. Take advantage. I, I, I could have told you <laughs> that, that he was... I could have told you he was mediocre at best when he was in in Washington. I knew he was mediocre yeah. at best when he was in Washington. That's why I'm like, they're not going to pay him. They're not going to pay him. <laughs> sure enough, they, they did. Pay him. <laughs> you know what the only thing missing is, though? I guarantee you Washington's missing him right about now, though, especially with the well, hassles they've yeah. had a quarterback this season. Oh, I'm sure both teams are wishing that they had kept who they had last year. Well, I don't know. Case Keenum's not having that great of a season in Denver. Not to mention Pat Schirmer also left, so... True. <laughs> All right. So, you know how you, we told you you couldn't take Carolina and get it together this week, Brandon? Yeah. Because I'm kind of taking them by proxy. Okay. Every team in the AFC North that isn't the Cleveland Browns, get it together. Baltimore. Lost. Cincinnati. Lost. Pittsburgh. Lost. Cleveland. Won against Carolina. The AFC North is a joke this year. Mm-hmm. 7-5-1, 7-6, 5-7-1, 5-8. The division will be lucky to finish 500 combined at this rate. AFC North, get it together. I will come to Baltimore's defense. If you've got a guy completing 20-yard no-look passes, you're really not going to win a whole lot. Yeah, I I, I really hate to give that little Kermit the Frog-looking bastard credit. But hey, what time is this? What, it, what time is it, Harry? I don't know. Uh, my watch is broken. Sorry. Uh, Eric? I'm pretty sure it's Mahomes' time. <laughs> You, can you both can go to hell. <laughs> that, that shit has ran its course. Beat the dead horse. Oh, it won't run its course uh, until they get knocked out of the playoffs. It's, 
birds with one stone as well. Fuck you, Peter. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. With that being said, it is now time for our show closing segment. As per usual, we end with Are You Serious? Eric, I don't know what the hell is in the water down there. Maybe it's because you were smoking last week and that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But, for the, but for the second time in three weeks, you actually won last week's prediction segment. And could you tell them my record for last week in particular? 2-0, 2-0, 20. Thank you very much. And uh, remember when I said about that stone-cold lock with the Packers? I will also point out that you now have more straight-up wins on the season than Jason does. But, really? But the, but the big question is, who is in the lead now? Um, you have a straight up lead on me and an eight. Shit. Yeah, I kind of crapped the best. All I'm going to say is who had the biggest margin of win? Who was, who was the biggest upside last week? Okay, to be fair, you guys played a depleted Washington team. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Did, did, did anybody else take the Giants? I need to go back throughout the entire season and put those numbers together. Who's had the biggest and the worst straight up? Because mm. I think you've had the worst straight up. The worst I was going to say, I, I, I probably, you could just probably give me both trophies. Because, uh, well, technically you and Brandon tie for the worst loss overall because you both took Philly against New Orleans in the game they got beaten 41 to 7. No, no, I think I, think I took a college game and I got the break, break speed off of me. We did. We're tied for the best win on the season, uh, Jason. Are we? Yeah. The um, Buffalo game against uh, the Jets. The one in New York, or well, at Meadowlands. We both gained 38 points from that game. Because Buffalo was a seven point underdog and they won by 31. All right, so this week we start off with the upset picks as per usual, and we start off where we always do for this segment with Brandon. Um, Eric, remember when I was talking to you about um, something, about be prepared for something when you were talking about your Jaguars? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I believe, I, I'm trusting you this time around. Yeah, the Jaguars suck. I'm taking the Redskins. Okay. They're a, right. I think they're a not they're a nine point uh underdog. Seven. Oh, seven? Okay. Yep. I'm yeah. seven. I I I don't I don't trust Mark Sanchez as far as I can throw him. <laughs> but it's I don't trust the Jaguars either. Mark Sanchez, I don't look, we've witnessed it. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense, the Jacksonville Jaguars as a team have pretty much said fuck it. We are done. <laughs> We're packing it in going into 2019. Hopefully with the new quarterback. Hey, the hey. defense just proved it. Hey, Eric, you want to hear something funny? I'm going to be... I, I'm, it, if the maps are correct that I saw today, I'm going to be joining in your misery this week. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to have to watch this shit show. Well, I'm not going to have to watch the entire thing because it's going to be another week of Red Zone. (laughs) 
Yeah, why would anybody willingly subject themselves to that? Yeah, and this well, is I'll prim- I'll primarily be watching the uh, other game, the Cowboys game. And you call yourself a Giants fan, you fucking traitor! <laughs> I I mean, I'd rather watch that than the Jaguars and Redskins. It's the wor- It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Jaguars racist. Anyway, Eric, you're up. Upset pick. Oh, mmm, mmm. I'm a looking. I'm a looking. I'm a sorry. No, that's okay because it's just like there's nothing. I'm seeing more potential for stone cold locks than I, I have- am. Yeah, I have my Stone Cold Locks set. My upset pick was kind of decided during the course of the show. Uh, honestly, just because I've seen this and with everything swirling around, I know this is probably going to come back to bite me. Packers plus six. You know, I actually gave that game a second look just because of the way Chicago, Chicago overperformed against Los Angeles. I figured they were due for a letdown. The only thing keeping me from t- taking this game was the fact that it's in Soldier. That, I mean, that's why, because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and that team, they're prepared to play in the cold and everything is just fine in that regard. But I've seen this in firsthand when you've had a coaching change and everybody is – rooting for the new guy for the rest of the season, I think this could continue to be the case for Green Bay. Jason. I'm going to take seven and a half and take the Bucks over the Ravens. Interesting pick. Yeah. I, I based Strictly on the Ravens are came off of a hard fought loss on the road. I don't think their headspace is there. Um, and just the end of that game has me concerned. Jackson goes down. RG three has to step in. I don't think that there's real good. Uh, cohesion to, with with anybody under center outside of Flacco. Uh, yeah, Jackson's getting refer- uh, a good repertoire with everybody, but he is a run first quarterback. I don't like that, uh, and I just think that Bucks pull one off. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt and they have to go to Joe Flacco again, I feel like Flacco could be in trouble because he's going to be super rusty from having not played. Mm-hmm. That being they said, go, if Lamar, they, if Lamar they go Jackson, to Flacco or RG three, I think they go to Flacco. Well, is Flacco healthy or is he still hurt? Because I think yeah, the reason, he's healthy. Well, then I think you have to go to Flacco in order to uh, kind of salvage what little uh, what little is left of the season for how much you're paying him. But it's, it's not easy. forget they are still in 
let's not forget they are still in the mix of a AFC wildcard race as mm-hmm. well, Jason. Yeah. And if the Steelers but keep on sucking, they could potentially still it's, sneak in. It's it's one of those things that you go you have to change with Jackson and RG three, they're interchangeable. They play a lot of the same type. That's true. With Flacco, that disrupts everything that you've built up the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I'll give you credit. That's a, that's a fair assessment. RG3 does would run a similar style offense. Although then you're running the risk of getting RG3 hurt as well. Because let's be honest, that dude's been made of glass for the last three years. Well, he's they, done the, they he's also assumed by Gorilla that, Glue and duct tape. Well, they also assumed that risk by having him pretty much on the roster as a backup because this was part of their master plan eventually hand the reins over to Lamar Jackson with RG3 as that backup and that specific kind of mentor and who can also run that similar style of offense. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's because Flacco's white, isn't it? And he played at Delaware, yes. Eric, buyer, Eric, real quick, bonus buyer sell question. Buyer sell, Joe Flacco retires at the end of the season. I'm going to sell. I've heard some weird rumors, and a guy like that, he's going to want to try to prove a point. He's going to fail miserably, but he's going to want to try. I say I, I say he goes to a division rival in the state of Ohio. How old is Flacco now? Uh, mid-30s, I believe. Uh, yeah. He's been in the NFL for seven years. He came out of college as a senior from Delaware, so I believe that would make him thirty or actually early thirty. Like yeah, 30 so or thirty-one. Yeah, I'm definitely selling that. He's going to go somewhere that needs a quarterback to prove a point. I think Flacco has enough money though that if he wanted to walk from the game, he could. I'm just saying. All right, so I originally had a different game selected, but I'm going to stand by my guns on a prediction I made on our in our group chat. My original pick, and I talked about this during the show, was Tennessee over the Giants, plus three. I stand by what I said earlier, Jason. Tennessee is still in the midst of a wild card race. They need this game more than you guys do. That being said, my official prediction, and I'm going with the game of the week, I am taking the Los Angeles Chargers plus three and a half over Kansas City. Wow. That's a bold one. Man. I thought That's about it. Yes. I looked at it, I thought about it, but then I was like, it's at Kansas City, too. It's Eric Eric Berry is back. Melvin Gordon's still questionable. Austin Eckler's out. It's mm-hmm. Okay, but here's the thing though. In regards to that in regards to that uh, Melvin Gordon and the Austin Eckler thing, Spencer wears out as well. True. True. As is Sammy Watkins. Mahomes is going to have a limited group of targets this week as compared to his traditional full stable of options in both uh, out of the backfield as well as his wide receiver core. His best options this week are only going to be Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because you don't know what he's going to get from the running back position. And outside of Tyreek Hill, there isn't a good number two wide receiver healthy for this team right now. I think that the, the Los Angeles Chargers, I almost called them San Diego out of course of habit. I think the Los Angeles Charger defense and specifically Joe, Joey Bosa who's fighting for the NFL lead in sacks. If I'm not mistaken, he's actually getting close to to uh, Michael Strahan's record. Uh, I believe so. He's getting fairly close. 
the thought that I had here is that this Chargers defense is good enough to be able to carry them even in the absence of Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I'm going Chargers plus three and a half. Uh, Brandon. Yes. Lock it up. My lock for the week is, in spite of them winning last week, I am taking the Seahawks over the 49ers. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, I'm changing my pick because I need to make up ground. Eric? Which game did Brandon just pick? Seahawks and 49ers. Okay. Seattle over San Fran plus uh, minus four, I think it is. Okay, I think it's three. I and had a, half. a different one because with the implications and tying in a certain team that's been featured a lot on Get It Together, I think that they're going to play down just one more week. Saints minus six. Over the Panthers? Yup. I, I was looking at that one. But I would, I, the only reason why I didn't take that one is because it's a divisional rivalry and the Panthers are playing for their lives. Do I think they win? Probably not, but I think it'll be a, a three-point game. But I also think that this is, if anything, this would be a big bounce-back game for Drew Brees, considering the little slump that he's on. I was just about to say that, not to mention Drew Brees has been money on Monday Night Football in his career. True. Oh, yes. There is absolutely nothing from taking me from New Orleans. I was actually on that one as well, so now I have to change my pick the third time. <laughs> At least you don't have to worry about Eric catching up. I mean, he's only three games behind me in the straight up, kind of. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, I have eight, you have five. Ooh, interesting. Did he just turn into Billy Madison there for a I second? I think what the so. Fuck was that? I thought he turned into Fu Manchu. <laughs> See, Jason gets it again. <laughs> Jason, lock it up. Eric, since you're a token black guy, do you got a 40 available? <laughs> no, I have to go around to the liquor store on the corner. Well... Because I want to pour some out for the homer. I'm taking the Giants. God damn it. <laughs> over Tennessee. Uh, I, I'm rolling with the homers. I mean, I wish you well, man, but I don't think it's going to end well this week. I am shocked. Uh, you, you, can lock it, you can lock it up on the other side. Well, he all, no, he already picked uh, Tennessee happen. as the upset. I, I, I almost picked Tennessee, but I switched off of it to the Chargers over oh, the two. Right. I, yeah. I decided to put my money where my mouth was on that game. I'm surprised nobody else touched this one, especially with the fact that the line is only six. If there is one thing that we can definitely all cohesively agree on on the show, it's that the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets suck. No, no, it's not J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. It's J-E-T-S, sucks, sucks, sucks. Yeah, I was wondering well, if J-E-T-S fail, fail, fail. Well, they get Deshaun Watson in the Houston Texans this week, and Houston's still in the running for a first-round playoff bye. The number is only six. <laughs> the reason I stayed away from that game, West Coast coming East Coast, time differential, 
and everything. It's only a one-hour differential, though. Yeah, they're coming from the middle of the country in the central time zone east. Yeah, Houston's in the central. And and you're going, you still got to deal with the elements. You're playing in the Meadowlands. It's not, hell, it ain't even friendly for the teams that actually call that place home. (laughs) It's not as bad as Giant Stadium was, though. That's why I stayed away from it. Here's the reason that I'm okay with Houston coming to the Jets here. Because this game is a 4.30 start, which means even if it was a 1 o'clock game, it would have been noon for them locally. True. But this yeah. is a Saturday game. Both of my – oh, no, wait. The Chargers and – the Chargers and – That's I'll the be Thursday night game. I'll be done for the week by Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, a... you guys get to top that. Ha! And then watch yeah. it go up in two and you will. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is, it's not so much the time difference, it's the elements that mm. I'm concerned with. Exactly. I, that factors in tremendously. <clears throat> the only reason no, why I didn't I, take that one is because of how they um, they w- didn't do all that great this past week. Yeah, but it, that, that game this past week was against a pretty good Indianapolis team. True. This that is, just got shut out. This is... This is okay, but that Indianapolis team has in the running for a wild card berth. How's Jacksonville doing for that postseason? <laughs> Why do you think I was even more pissed off? Um, the, my my thought process behind this year, and I'm, I stand by it. Like what I said earlier, it's it's a case of Houston's fighting for a number one overall seed, or not the number one overall seed, but a first round bye. Excuse me, in the playoffs. The opportunity to not have to play in the wild card round, as well as to guarantee to host a divisional game, whereas the Jets have literally nothing to play for. They were mathematically eliminated from the postseason last weekend when uh, the various teams won that won. So, with the Jets mathematically eliminated and the Texans playing for a for potential first round bye, I'm going to go ahead and take Houston plus six. Fair enough. Okay. Do we have anything? Do we have anything else to get to? Don't think so. Not on my end. Well, in that case, Jason, where can people find you online? I'm not. I'm taking a hiatus. Uh, I'm changing. I'm changing my name. Now, if you want to bitch and complain, you can send me a message on Twitter. I don't care. I probably won't reply. <laughs> because I'm trying to get Pat McAfee to do a guest spot. But if so, it's at TurkeyGlue822. I'll probably tell you to fuck off. It's okay. It's my thing. In fairness, he tells me to fuck off on a regular basis. So don't be offended. It's just how he is. <laughs> Brandon, where can people find you online? Uh, and, uh, on Twitter at Bisco underscore dot Gotham SN. And, uh, Hopefully soon, back here for Raw and SmackDown. Well, you talk to Cedric, you get that figured out, and then I'll be good to go for SmackDown. I never stopped being ready to go for SmackDown, but there was no reason to only do one show a week on the network. Yep. Eric, where can people find you at? At Squid Sportshead. Join my quest in uh, hitting up at BetMyBookie on Twitter. Because they claim they respond to every mention and DM, but uh, clearly they don't. Otherwise, we would be in further talks for a more official sponsorship by now. 
because someone's willing to do commercials around here, Sean. <clears throat> and eventually, even though MLS Cup has come and gone, congratulations to Atlanta. I really wish I had bet them in the under. Kind of pissed about that because I would have been right. Oh, soccer to the max. I have no idea about football to the max. I'm still trying to work on sound effects for point of viewer. So, um, yeah, uh, outside of here, I'm off in the wilderness with my shenanigans. Twitter, H-E-B, the Eagle. You can find me on the Raw Reaction every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. In addition, Brandon and I will hopefully be bringing you how the war was won once football season wraps here on the w 2 Network where we take a look back at the Monday Night War between the WWF and WCW. You'll be happy to know that I have officially hit March in my show watchings, Brandon. I'm getting closer and closer to the timeline for where how the war was won begins. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that as well. In addition, you can find everything you need for the worlds of sports, video games, football, entertainment, and much more by joining us on W2Mnet.com. In addition, we are brought to you on all of your various podcast listening devices, such as Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier's still a dick. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biskibbing, I'm Harry Broughter, thanking you for listening to week 15 of The Kickoff, here on the W2M Network.